0: Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. OH. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to NARAL's The Morning After. I'm Kelly. I'm Brooke. I'm Pat. Yeah, as you might have noticed, none of us are Gabriel Mann. Um, our, (laughs) our comms director, we're doing
1: a great job of not being Gabriel (laughs) man.
0: Yeah. I'm not a six foot two ginger man. No, not Uh, yet. Maybe in my next life. Yeah.
2: Bummer. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, this week we're doing something a little different. We're having uh, two guest comedians, uh, also a lawyer and a proto lawyer. Uh, and then I guess because I'm associated with stand up people, uh, Gabe has decided to make me host because I know more than he does. All although, right. although, fun fact, Gabe, and he's going to hate that I've said this, in fourth grade, he did uh, stand-up for his talent show, and he did terribly. <gasps> what a crumb.
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> and he talked to me about how he like, would consider doing stand-up again, but not in front of anybody he knows. So if he ever does stand-up, he's going to drive to like Indianapolis
1: to do it. <laughs> I think that's great. Like, do a destination. Like, fly to Austin, Texas, do five minutes, make a vacation because, you know.
0: I really wanted him to do it when he was in New Orleans, but we didn't have enough time.
1: Oh, that would have been great. New Orleans is a great comedy city. I know. You yeah. go hang out with other Columbus comics. That would be
0: great. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so why, why are you guys here this week?
2: This week? Um... I mean, specifically, why did I invite you onto this? Podcast? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I think uh, we want to get into all the the garbage that's happened these oh, yeah. past uh, few weeks. Yeah. Uh, we got this uh, Aziz Ansari stuff that's going on. Yeah. We have this horrible fetal remains like ritual bill <laughs> yeah. that, that's coming out of the Ohio Senate. Mm-hmm. And then we've also got some new like morality council. That, yeah,
0: health and human services nonsense, yeah. but we'll get into that. So um, you guys are both on the Stand Up For Choice show that's coming up in February. Well,
2: you're going to be hosting. Um, I'll be I'll be hosting, and, and then Brooke is actually on our May show. May show, okay. Yeah, our, our headliner for the February show is Kate Sedgwick, okay. who is a comic from uh, DC. Oh, neat! Who we're really excited to bring. Is in. she
0: from Columbus, or you just happened to bring her?
2: No, we we met through some Whiskey Bear stuff about two years ago, and she came and saw one of the Stand Up For Choice shows and was like, next time I'm in Columbus, I want to be on this. Nice. So, yeah. Very cool.
1: Actually, quick correction on that. I'm on the August uh, Stand Up For Choice. Get together, Pat. I'm going to be in San Diego talking about queer stuff uh, in That's right. So, (laughs) again, pushing my liberal queer agenda (laughs) on the national level, not just in Ohio. Okay. But you've been on Stand Up For Choice before. I have. I'm a frequent flyer. And I love going. Um, It's a really inspiring night. I feel like uh, I leave uh, really inspired whether I told jokes about my labia or not,
2: which is refreshing,
1: frankly. So we're coming up on two years of Stand Up For Choice.
2: Um, yeah, Almost. it'll be two years in May. And okay. I also have to make a quick correction because I said Kate Sedgwick, oh who's actually God, headlining Pat. our May show. And it's Catherine Jessup <laughs> oh who's headlining God. this show. You're a mess. Yeah, <laughs> <Get laughs> I, out, I know. patches, Bat in a thousand. Um, <laughs> Catherine even, Jessup from D.C. Who don't even fantastic. try to
1: use a baseball metaphor to butch yourself up. I
2: haven't seen baseball in <laughs> like five years. <laughs> What's a baseball?
0: <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> But two years
2: in May, yes. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. Um, so February benefits NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. It'll mm-hmm. be the 20th at Ace of Cups. Yep. Uh,
2: and what time does that show start? So doors open at 7.30, and then we'll, we'll start the show at
0: 8. Don't get there before 7.30. They won't let you in. Yeah, and it's cold. You'll so stand
2: cool. out in the cold, and it's, it's not fun. So 7.30, doors open.
0: Any anticipation of anti-choice protesters this year,
2: this time? Um I don't know I, I haven't had any death threats or anything this time but of course Probably. the last time I had death threats they didn't show up anyways I mean seven thirty on a weeknight is late for them.
0: It's true. I mean they're pretty fair weather as far as like even just protesting outside the local clinics. So. I feel like there's right. a, you
1: need to like spend a lot of time. I mean, like, I don't know, but I feel like outlining um, photographs of dead fetuses takes up a lot of time. Like stenciling that, and I know they use a lot of glitter and like can it you takes imagine, a lot of time.
0: Can you imagine being that Staples
1: employee that has to print that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming they the one of them owns a Kinkos. Like that's the only thing I can come up with. <laughs> because I feel like like if I worked at that Kinko's and that came in, I'd be like, oh my gosh, we lost it. And I would just like print (laughs) a bunch of pictures of RuPaul and like give them to them like oversized or something just to. Oh, sorry. Was this not your order? Oh my God. I thought you wanted eight seasons of Drag Race on DVD. Is that what you (laughs) wanted? (laughs) Shoot.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So yeah. Stand up for choice. February 20th. Benefits NARAL Pro Choice Ohio. It'll be a lot of fun. I don't think I've missed one ever. Weird. Okay. Anyway. They're always a blast. Yeah, they are. Um, so yesterday, uh, Senate Bill 28 passed in the Senate. This is the fetal remains bill. Um, we've talked about this before, but essentially what it boils down to is if a person just elects to have an abortion, it would require that they either cremate or bury the fetal remains. Um, this would incur like exponentially more... Costs as far as like the procedure goes Um, There's a form that You have to fill out what uh, what you choose And if you don't choose It still has to be done it's some kind of like Weird catch 22 form of course Um, Super
1: detailed and Really well thought out yeah 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 people who
0: Clearly know how to write law were writing this law and by That I mean they did not Um, And just
2: to I mean Talk about just like the emotional torture Aspects of this too like could you imagine having To get an abortion because of a Major complication and then having to go through all this nonsense. I mean, there's been like something in like in committee about
0: expanding it to miscarriages, you know, to make it even more horrifying. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, Holy. Moly. Well, what's
1: interesting is that I know in other states uh, they I read a really interesting article about uh, funeral director associations who are very against this bill, and this is a perfect example of something. It's where, a waste of their time. Um, it's a huge waste of their time and a huge waste of their resources because the practicality of this disgusting attempt. At guilting women who choose their constitutional right to choose, uh, in the penumbras and the fundamental rights, Google it. Um, th- the point of this is, is that it, from a business perspective, it is terrible, and that's what I don't understand. You are forcing funeral directors; don't want to do this. This is an incredible cost, and if the mothers can't afford it, it they're still going to have to do it. So, it's going to be eaten by the clinic, right? so right. it's 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 and and, and they don't want to do it. So so. Again, these are folks who are pro-business, pro-Ohio businesses. Listen to the businesses in your community who don't want this shit. They don't want it. And
0: I mean, it's not like funeral directors are exactly like a liberal, like...
1: No, they're, like, actually, they're actually this like weird group of like old white dudes. Mostly just conservative. so rare. Yeah. I know it's really strange that people in power are old white dudes. But listen, would you consider funeral directors in power? I would. Yeah, in I, their business. Th- yeah, it's a know, monopoly.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> we might actually have like shadowy cabals of funeral directors pulling the strings. And all i well, that's in politics. But all I'm <laughs> <laughs> saying is
1: old straight cis white dudes in the state house listen to the other old cis straight white dudes. You don't even have to listen to the. People who want to protect their own bodies and their Right to choose if like you don't want to because you clearly Can't listen to the other people Like with you at Ponderosa this Sunday. Like, listen to them because I don't understand. Like, that's that's all you need to do. Where
2: is there still a Ponderosa? I don't know, there's I'm not on something Midwestern. Oh, wait a minute. No, Bob <laughs> Evans,
1: that's the thing here, right? Bob Evans is the thing. Yeah. I just recently was dragged to a Bob Evans and I apologize on behalf of Ohioans. I'd never been there. Um, a lot of old white dudes. Yes. A I bit? used to work at a cracker barrel.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Still never been one of those. Oh, I actually love Cracker Barrel. I'm not sorry. <laughs> don't don't apologize. Bring that bring that liberal agenda in. You know what I mean? Fight it. So, they, they
0: were so disappointed that I wasn't going to college, but that was because I was still in high school. <laughs> 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 um yeah, so this bill, like, it, with regards to like cremating, like, if, if you have an abortion at eight weeks, there's not exactly a lot of tissue. There's definitely not any bone to actually cremate. So you're trying to burn three ounces of tissue where there will not be any ashes to scatter or to put anywhere. So it really is just a waste of time and resources. And I it's mean, like they
1: hate science. <laughs> is that,
0: yeah, science
1: and women. This is science not and women. I mean, they really must hate female scientists. Like, they just must run away. Just bummer. Yeah, they run away like my racist mom crosses the street when a black man's on the street. They just run away from scientific women.
2: Yikes. I just a mm. miserable time in an eighth grade science class where their, their, their teacher just picked on them ruthlessly the entire semester. You don't
0: understand biology, Thomas. Like just an origin
2: story of what ruined it for them. Yeah, just like um just, just, you know, m- Mrs. Smith just would not let them live down that they mixed up kinetic and potential energy again. Or, Incidentally, my my 12th grade biology teacher's name was Mrs. Smith. No, oh. She was or awesome. Or like,
1: <laughs> it was, they had this like lab partner and they were super attracted to her, but she was like a little smarter than them. And they were like, oh my God, Karen's <laughs> so hot. And then, like, Karen, uh, like, got a better grade and then slept with Jimmy, who was the jock. She's not just, that high. They just never <laughs> let it go. Yeah, and then they joined a meninist group, and it's just been a downhill ever since.
0: See, I think you're mixing up, like, <laughs> people who grew up in the 50s and people who grew up now, because... Uh, there's no one named Karen, who's... <laughs> <laughs> Nancy.
1: What's a nice, like, a nice- I knew
0: somebody in middle school named Nancy. Yeah. She's the first... I actually had this conversation with Gabe earlier. She's the one who incorrectly informed
1: me what an abortion was in sixth grade. What did you call it? What did she, or what did she tell you it she was? She turned
0: around, she's like, it's a shot to kill a baby, which is, sounds way more convenient than what it actually is. That's a,
2: more convenient? I mean, a shot yeah. versus, like, a procedure, yeah. That's fantastic. Can we... Let's get
1: on that, science. Oh. This is great. All right, we need
2: to, that makes it sound like a gun. You're just like, oh, I need oh. a shot to kill a baby. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, actually,
1: you know what? Maybe the old sister no, white men would be behind
2: that. Uh, even vaccine. back against childhood. <laughs> they would
1: like. childhood. They would like that. Anything that involves the guns, they'd probably be pro that. Oh, no. <laughs> so,
0: um, going on to this end season. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So uh <laughs> Aziz Ansari it came out on uh, babe.net which is this tabloid that nobody has ever heard
1: of before this. <laughs> yeah. Any dot nets I'm I'm always like Christian website. Beliefnet.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, babe.net came out uh with a uh exposé against Aziz Ansari saying that he had sexually assaulted, sexually harassed, basically made somebody very very uncomfortable in the process of them having a date. Um and a lot of people are unhappy with this because Aziz Ansari is generally seen as this like feminist champion comedian because he talks about how dudes are terrible.
1: Um, thoughts?
2: I think. Lots. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where we'd we like I think, to start. I think
1: both truths can exist. And that's what frustrates me is that, um, you know, my personal experience with a lot of men. Um, Usually, uh, the ones sometimes the ones that are the worst are the guys that also say like "nice guys finish last," man. Okay, so that's seriously, you know what I mean. So I don't think they they it doesn't need to be one or the other. Um, he could have been involved in this extremely uh, uncomfortable and uh, extremely inappropriate interaction, and. He could also see himself as a feminist that's that's the problem and that's what i i struggle with a lot with men because they'll often come into a conversation and they'll start with but i'm a feminist and i'm like i don't care that's not relevant to this particular situation you introduced me on stage and instead of giving my credits you said i would like to blank her i'm trying to help out gabe so when he edits this it's not too much right <laughs> that's my introduction i'm very happy uh, for you, that you identify as a feminist, but that is not reflected in your words.
0: My favorite thing for stand up is introducing a man as the lovely instead of the talented or the funny.
1: Oh, I like the fetching. Yes.
2: The very fetching. <laughs> the first time I did stand
0: up, and this won't mean anything to people at home, was like, I got to introduce Dan Loper, and I was like, the the beautiful and
1: lovely Dan <laughs> Loper. <laughs> I mean, he's a lot of things. I, I, those are not two that I, I, I would don't use. Know if I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> use Aww. lovely. Sorry, Dan. Uh, handsome. But not lovely. He's not right. I guess. Yeah. George Chiseled. is better fact no
0: he is not okay i'm not
1: gonna <laughs> keep talking <laughs> let's just <laughs> no, talk geez, all the crap what? about these columbus comedians
2: um i believe they already had to edit out like half of a whiskey deep because i did that last time i was on that <laughs> podcast so uh, no. let's <laughs> not do it to narrow too no, but, definitely yeah. <laughs> not.
0: so so yeah come on pat what's your thoughts as a white cis man about
1: <laughs> yeah, dig, sexual in, dig in, pat no one like you has ever so, dig in on
2: this yeah never never spoken on this before um So I have a couple thoughts. Uh, One, I'm glad you brought up Babe.net, because I also want to throw out a little bit of a, like, shame on Babe.net for publishing this and just, like, letting this poor author just kind of, like, flap out in the breeze on her own.
0: Not only that, but they, like, covered, um, like, look at all the other news outlets that covered our like exposé as it's like they, that's not a weird thing that's a weird thing to do be like look at how much coverage we got of our exposé oh my gosh you're talking about sexual assault y'all right
2: and they you know obviously it's just a blog that didn't review anything she wrote um there there's no th- this platform has no journalistic integrity because they they didn't edit this thing in any way shape or form they obviously didn't give her any sort of support um, and so now she has this article out there that people are ripping to shreds and using against her.
1: And against um, the movement
2: in general. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, if she had gone to, you know, something like the New York Times or the Washington Post, like someone, an editor would have read that and worked with her before putting it Slate, out there.
1: Buzzfeed. I mean, you don't even need to go to the Bastion. Right. You could <laughs> have gone to literally. Even Jezebel. Huff,
2: <laughs> a Huff Post might have right. even done it better. Medium. You're just
1: like, yeah, just the bottom of the barrel.
2: (laughs) 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 At least get a .dot com, but yeah. So, go ahead. Well, no. So I'm I'm a little upset with them, and then also I'm I'm really upset with everybody that has immediately jumped in with this whole. Well, it doesn't sound like it meets the legal threshold for sexual battery or sexual assault or rape, which is... That's such a low bar, like, oh, it's gross, but it's not illegal. Right, and, you know, it's probably people in the legal profession that'll be the first to tell you that, hold on, the the only threshold for right and wrong in our society it's is not, not, the, not the courts. <laughs> no, no, no. Well,
1: and I think that kind of <laughs> lends itself to the conversation that we've had about, like, the T-shirts I'm selling for Bravo and Sarnco um, that say stop booking rapists that Kelly is wearing, and you can order one um, through me. Um, Just email me at bcardis at gmail.com.
0: We'll have that in the show notes, too. Awesome.
1: Um, But what was so interesting about that is I, um, in all of my uh, online campaign to raise money, someone commented, um, because it says stop booking rapists, and commented and said, well, if a police officer wears it, that's going to be confusing. And I was like, well, I don't think... I'm <laughs> gonna have that problem, but um, obviously I'm talking about it in terms of booking artists who are rapists. But um, I re- responded back and I was like, "That's really fascinating. Why did you say that?" And he said, "Well, um, you know, because uh, that means like stop booking all the rapists." And I'm, you know, in in the legal in the legal sense, you know, arresting them, booking them. And I said, "Do you know the studies and the statistics about how few rapists are even uh, arrested or talked to or?" documented or any of that like there's just such, i mean the most liberal generous study says 40 percent um, are reported that's less than half but but then and, and then that other studies in more marginalized populations less than 10 percent and that's not even convicted that's not even there yet so i just i think it's really difficult to use the legal standard when we see in statistics all the time how incredibly poor uh those statistics are reflect. Well, on I mean, our if, we're, if
0: we're even using the legal standpoint like look at all the anti-abortion laws that have been passed in the last 5 years, are we going to really think those are moral laws? No. Like that's not going right? to be our measure of right and wrong. Like that's not what the law is for. It's just a very niche, very just A black and white thing
2: usually and and you can still act abysmally without breaking any laws yeah you can
0: be a jerk (laughs) and still be legally okay Right.
1: right so i just don't think that that's and i and i'm not saying that's not a good conversation to have i think that is a good conversation to have but i think uh the the way people are coming into this in the context of the me too movement uh is making people go like well it's not that bad And I was like, okay, that's great that it's not that bad. We can have that conversation. But it can be part of a larger conversation about our sexual culture and how... um we don't need to stratify wrongs.
0: I think it's a I think in a lot of ways it's a d- divide between like older and younger generations too, especially like like second wave versus third wave feminists. Like it's not that bad. It's not actual rape. And like, okay,
1: yes, but that doesn't mean that it's good. <laughs> it's not actual right. And like marital rape was legal until I'm it's, like, it's di- still legal in some states. Right. Yeah. So uh, again yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here, sorry. Not yeah. a good line of right and wrong. <laughs> right. right. So we're not, you know, we can't really use that. And I don't think we should use the law, certainly not the past law as a bastion of our morality
0: Yeah And uh, I think um, People who I, There's just like A tweet I saw That's like The people who are like Well if that's sexual assault Then everybody I know Has been sexually assaulted And A Yes
1: <laughs> B You're almost there To you're the so point close you're to so, to love, so close To a breakthrough I love I love the argument With like well, can I just not even flirt anymore? I was like, if you don't know the difference between flirting and sexual harassment or harassment, which is how I like to say (laughs) it, um, then we have way bigger problems. Like, if you can't read a woman's cues...
0: You specifically are not allowed to flirt
1: anymore. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, congratulations, you're off. You're off the island, like, you're not allowed. But I find it really fascinating. Like, oh, I'm just going to not flirt anymore? I was like, yeah, stay in your mom's basement.
0: Yeah. We're not allowed you don't touch a woman, don't look at a woman, don't yeah. don't even acknowledge that women exist anymore.
2: Yeah. You're
1: fine. And then get elected to the state house and here we are. Ah!
2: Great. <laughs> great. Well, great. Shots fired at Matt Huffman. Sorry about that.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are we didn't get on?
0: Um. So, uh, Brooke, I'm gonna let you, t- let you take the lead on this since you actually know more than I do. Um. Recently, something has come up in the Health and Human Services, uh, a morality commission.
1: Yeah. So I'm really plugged in more to uh, things on the federal level than the state level, and Pat has been really helpful for me and Kelly on uh, keeping me abreast of uh, the horrors happening in the Ohio State House. But just something to keep in mind that um, Health and Human Services is a uh, new committee, um, a division within them, the conscious. Conscience and Religious Freedom Division. I had to read it because it was so disgusting, but here's what's happening. Uh, What they're trying to do is create this division within uh, the Civil Rights Division that says if you have a religious objection, religious or moral objection, which is even more convoluted because uh, if you have a religious or moral objection to a procedure as an employee of a hospital or medical facility... You should have the right to not participate and not be punished. So this came from a nurse. I'm gonna go with to think she was in Texas because yes. And um <laughs> she had to participate in a, in an abortion. Uh, I, you was know, it an abortion or was it like a DNC miscarriage? I I, I don't know. It's it was the an same ab- procedure. Abortion procedure, right? So it could have been that. It could yeah, it could have been miscarriage and it was she was so traumatizing. She didn't want to participate in it. Um, but the hospital forced her to. I pictured some sort of like gunpoint situation, but liberal. Don't have guns So probably not But um, They forced her With a, a score gun In Texas It was probably a dildo That's true probably So um, <laughs> What's scary to me About this Is the The uh, The What's scary to me About this Is these Are going to be used To not only Have people not pers- uh, pr- Provide abortions It'll also affect Transgender clients um, but transgender patients, LGBTQ patients. And that to me is extremely scary. And the morality side of it, which is even scarier, is a religious belief is a closely held, sincere belief. That's the definition we, we use, right? Um, morality could be anything. You could just choose, right? I am mora- I morally don't think gay people are real. That's a moral thing. I just my religion believes in it, and I believe in it, and I, you know, it could be so vague, right? So how do we control? That there's no legal definition for moral, like there is for religious, so this is opening the doors wide open for transphobic, homophobic, uh, xenophobic actions by employees, um, to just do really whatever they want carte blanche and hide it in the guise of religious and moral freedom.
0: And this isn't mm-hmm. really gonna, I mean, it will affect urban centers, but it's really going to affect like the more rural outlets, like where things. Don't have a lot of people, a lot of alternatives. Right, we're
2: we're people who tend we're not like, to like, think the gay people exist. Yeah. Like to hang out. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, I mean, they have they hang out in the urban centers, but the thing is, there's also alternatives. So if they can't get it like at Grant, they could probably get it at OSU or Riverside right. or like a myriad of other hospitals. Versus like one county hospital, and the next one is like four hours away. You're a little bit more limited as to what you can do.
1: And it just and again, it's it's really affecting the most marginalized parts of our population, again, right? It's those who are poor, those who are maybe, you know, maybe listed not as transgender um, on any sort of documentation and haven't gone through name changes or haven't started the official transition, whatever that means to folks. So um, that is going to affect those who are most vulnerable in our communities first.
0: The thing is, like, you already have... The, the the right to refuse to do something. You don't have to marry people if you don't
2: want to. You don't have to do... If you don't want to do abortions, don't get into abortion care. Don't get into the emergency room. Go be a pediatrician. Like, right. I mean, if, if you don't want to treat human beings, don't be a doctor. Right. Like, any time I hear a, a someone in the medical community... Um, and I hear a distressing amount of times. It's because uh, you're
0: dating a doctor. Yeah, I mean, my my, my, uh, my boyfriend is a, is a med student, um,
2: and so occasionally you know you meet other doctors, and there's some who are just like, yeah, they've got religious objections to the whole concept of you know same sex marriage, and it's just like if you don't want to treat people, don't be a doctor. I'm really, you I'm, couldn't pick a more awful role in the world for yourself if you don't want to provide care to people like what the hell
1: i met a heart surgeon um who was retired and was in research and i asked him why he left um surgery he was a very uh incredible heart surgeon and he said oh i just didn't like dealing with the people it was too much interaction with people (laughs) and i was like are you kidding they're they're on the table what are you interacting with i mean i imagine hearts don't talk to you I mean, I don't know this guy was intense, but I what I found was so fascinating but I was like, okay, so ten percent of your world was interacting with patients or twenty percent or whatever it is, and you couldn't handle that, so you left. Good for you yeah, <laughs> leave it. there's research jobs. there's I mean, y- you could do anything
0: I mean, I think a lot of the problem is, at least in the United States is like people who become doctors don't always get into it for the right reasons in the first place because it is such a money making position because of how the United States healthcare is currently set up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, people aren't getting into the best reasons to begin with.
1: I guess I'm just, what scares me the most about anything federal is it can be really, really sweeping. But what scares me the most is how little it'll affect my life and the listeners' lives. Like, I think it's really difficult. There was this incredible study about how liberals and conservatives view pain and harm and liberals tend to and this wasn't Democrat Republican this is just liberal conservative viewpoints Liberals mm-hmm. tend to feel pain and harm on a community level and conservatives feel it on an individual and family level and I think this is a perfect example of something that's really sweeping that I'm feeling on a community level that will never affect me but I really want it to change
0: I mean you can see that in this like the testimony and like what we try to do for legislation like, we want this to be understood that it will affect you and yours and me and mine and like specific individuals that you know and hold dear and not just like eh, somebody
1: who lives six counties away. Right. And that really helps with people who think in that conservative mindset. How is this going to affect my family? How is this going to change my personal life, or the people close to me? And that's a lot of times why the LGBTQ movement has moved faster than others than other civil rights movements. Everybody's got a gay uncle because we are interspersed throughout the population, and we're not segregated like so many other marginalized groups. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, yeah. If you have like a majority, like let's let's talk about like Minnesota and their Somali community that is very segregated from the rest of the population. If mm-hmm. you have moral objections, quote unquote, for against dealing with Somalis or dealing with Muslims, you're going to have a hard time in Minnesota if that's like the majority of this population, like. What do you What are you going to do if you're Somali and you, your doctor refuses to treat you because, I don't know, dumb reason?
1: Well, right, and what is a moral reason? Um, th- it's just too vague. And again, this administration is demonstrating over and over that they don't care about vagueness, and they don't care about facts, and they don't care about truth.
0: It does seem interesting that, like... As the population itself, at least like the young people I know, tend to becoming more socialist, that we're having more anti-socialist at the federal level.
1: <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> hmm.
0: Return of the Red Scare. I wonder.
2: Oh, God. Teenagers are scary.
0: Yes, but in a delightful way. <laughs> Except for like that whole eating Tide Pod things, which old people do too. So whatever.
1: I old people do it too.
0: Oh yeah, more people, more old people have died of eating Tide Pods than children.
2: Yeah,
1: people with dementia.
2: It's it's a problem. I. Oh,
1: oh. <laughs> Okay, who did they, this get past in marketing at Tide? Like, I believe... Okay. Hey,
0: I, this is actually probably working great for their marketing. They're getting more coverage than they ever would have otherwise. That's true. Their
1: product is... I'm terribly allergic to their product, so I think my face would explode. But I don't use it either. I, I'm wondering, yeah, maybe this was all the plan all along. Hmm. Kill some babies and some elderly folks. Uh, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> I mean, it does look like it should be a giant gusher. Oh, I it hate does. Hate that word.
0: It,
2: it, Gusher. <laughs> Gusher. <laughs> oh. It um. I mean, it Pat's does. Leaving. It, <laughs> it does look like candy, and the the weird thing is, is that they had to go out of their way to, like, make it like candy. dyes yeah. in mm-hmm. it to make it look that way. Mm-hmm. Like, detergent's just clear yep. or, like, milky white when you make it. It's not orange and blue and shiny.
0: I think it's really weird that people are making foods like candy and sushi that looks like these Tide Pods, but nobody's actually made a giant gusher that looks like a candy. Like, looks like these. I hate it. It's upsetting. I think,
1: you know what? I don't even know if Tide Pod was on the agenda, but put it in for the rest of this day because this is it. I'm just going <laughs> to dig in on Tide Pods. I didn't even know this. <laughs> Has it, have any Have like teenagers died I mean are they, just... Honestly
0: teenagers are gonna Eat whatever they can To get themselves high So Fair. maybe Maybe there's something I don't I know about think... these Tide Pods I'm not gonna find out
2: I think the Tide Pod challenge for teenagers Is you just put it in your mouth Until the plastic dissolves Um, So it's just a lot of YouTube videos Of like them sitting there With a Tide Pod in their mouth And then just like And like detergent Comes out of their mouth Yeah Hmm. Like when you put like I mean this is just like Oh you've been cursing So I've been washing your
0: mouth Out with soap
2: Like it's saving
0: parents A few steps That's
1: true It really is (laughs) I don't ever I mean like We weren't that
0: You never did the gallon challenge? You never did the cinnamon challenge? No. There's so many dumb challenges. I did both of those.
1: You did? I'm Um, so grateful. I have a video of
0: my friend doing the cinnamon challenge. (laughs) I'm
1: so grateful I had no friends (laughs) all the time because we never, I I didn't know about these things. It was just me and my stuffed Ernie. I mean, Uh,
2: how do we capitalize You know too much. How, how do we capitalize on this? How do we turn the Tide Pod Challenge into like and an ALS scene. ice bucket type challenge for something good? How do we do that?
1: Hmm. I mean, I think already with the population control, I think we're crushing it. How about Yikes. this? Anyone who does the Tide Pod Challenge, one of your family members has to die.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to support that, but okay. Okay, that's fine.
1: <laughs> like a purge situation. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, so let's go back to the Aziz and I think Just because you guys and I, I guess uh, Are comedians um, mm-hmm. How do you feel like Comedy in general has changed over the last Like, I don't know, a few years With regards to talking about like sexual assault Rape jokes on stage, etc um, And I know you guys are generally on the same page as I am And as most of our listeners would be But, uh, I don't know, let's talk about Columbus comedy drama I guess
1: <laughs> Well, I guess um, My thing about anything you joke about is that um, it has to be... I mean, your feelings are pretty straightforward. Uh, that's fair. But I think any time you're talking about sexual assault or rape on stage, um, I think you have an opportunity. But I think uh, that it is really difficult. And I know talking about difficult topics is something that uh, Pat and I have discussed, and it is a, it is a challenge, but... If you can talk about it and not make it hack and not make it offensive and actually make it educational, it's incredible. Uh, there's an incredible comedian in town, Matt Loxley, who has an amazing story about uh, rape. And it is it is a TED Talk, but you laugh. It is just fantastic, and I love it. And when he starts that story, I hunker down like a, a kid at a story time. Like I, I've seen it so many times. But it is just, it's riveting, and it's funny, and it's heartbreaking, and it's its amazing. Matt was on the last stand-up for choice, wasn't he?
2: Uh, Two ago. He two was ago? the last August one. Okay.
1: So I guess for me, and, and, you know, as long as it's not hack, and it's respectful, and frankly you have an opportunity, you have a platform. If you can educate or if you can enlighten or if someone can leave and be like, oh, I never thought of something that way, that is just the biggest bonus on top of someone, uh, on top of making an audience laugh.
0: Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with like what we talk about, like punching up or punching down. If you're punching down, then you're not doing your job as a comedian, I think.
1: I love that phrase and I just learned it and now it's everywhere. <laughs> I, oh, it's been in my <laughs> lexicon for a couple of years. I love it. I think it's so accurate for what we're talking about. Pat, jump in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Columbus comedy. You know, I think we are. It's gotten a little, better. We, we've yeah, we've we're, we're, it's gotten better. <laughs> we're we're sort of blessed in that we have a lot of comics who are, I think, on the right side of this stuff. A bunch of queer it's, feminist folks. We we do. Yes. Um, Columbus is gay as f. Oh yeah, That's, it's like 90% of the reason I moved here. And um, They leave those pride banners up until like October every year. They take them down for like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows who rainbow-y. runs Columbus. Yeah, um,
1: Who run the world? Gays! <laughs> the queer mafia is real, y'all. Take me out for a whiskey, I'll tell you all about it.
2: Right. I'm and not was... in it, I just know about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Columbus comedy, I think, does a lot of things right. It's The stand-up scene as a whole, though, can be kind of insular. And for a an industry that... You know, makes its money off of, you know, poking holes in things and pushing the envelope and, you know, being outside the realm of acceptability. It's super weird to me how much of uh, the stand up uh, community as a whole in the country has been resistant to, you know, change, has been resistant to there being um, more female comics, more comics of color, more LGBTQ comics out there. So it is a a weird sort of thing.
0: Why do you guys think that? Comedy, at least traditionally, has always been such a such a white man's game. And like this is not just like Columbus, but like I'm from Columbia, South Carolina. Everybody I knew there was a white man. Like it's just
1: kind of what it seems to be. I mean, I think it is fascinating. I go into all different businesses. Uh, from women aren't funny. Huh. Women are not funny. Uh, first of all, but uh, I go into businesses, all different types of businesses, and every single business I go into when I'm working with women, uh, they're like, I'm the only woman in my lab. I'm the only woman in my on my team. I'm the only woman in this. And uh, we forget how male-dominated leadership roles are in general. And if you take that corporate analogy and you look at comedy, the people who are in leadership roles are the people getting Netflix specials, right? Like that's that's the equivalent. And cis, straight, white men are going to continue to be in power from the structures that we have created in our culture. So I think it is really difficult. And I think on top of that, when a person of color, when an LGBTQ person, when a woman gets to the top, uh, there's this feeling of tokenism and that's enough but studies show that nothing about one person at the table who's different than the norm changes anything about the behavior we need pl- we need plurality in that to change anything.
0: Not only that, but we kind of expect this like perfection out of like the token.
1: Right. So when we have a Cameron Esposito, we're like, okay, we're done. That's good. Got it. Yahtzee. Like, no, that's not enough. There's a million queer folks out there with a million different voices. I love Tignataro. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Just yeah. Right, so <laughs> just need a minute. Huh. So that's the challenge. And, and then, of course, we have the challenges um, of intersectionality within our movement. So for me, listening to a queer woman of color is going to be a very different experience than listening to a queer white woman. But to people on the outside, they're going to be like, well, we got one queer, so we're good. You know I, what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, People have a hard time relating to women and people of color because we have been socialized at like the white cis male, um, experience is just like default human experience, right? They yeah. don't want to
1: listen to our pain, but I will tell you about my pain, and you will like it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Like the, the, thus far, twenty eighteen has been the year of female
2: rage. Incidentally, I just call it rage.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's just uh, just real. I'm just angry, just real ragey. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and thing is, though, I th- I feel like once you do get audiences, you know, in front of female comics, in front of comics of color, in front of LGBTQ comics, they. Typically, by and large, react positively to them. It's the problem I think is still rooted in the industry itself, um, especially when you're looking at like the club scene. You know, when you have people who are booking just to put butts in seats, they don't take risks ever. Yeah. It's all name recognition, which is you know only benefiting a bunch of straight white guys that are already established. Um, and I think that's one of the things that uh, Amber and I are so proud of with Stand Up For Choice is that. You know, we're able to get crowds of, you know, 150, sometimes 200 people.
0: Honestly, the stand-up for choice shows are my favorite. Like, they are the most fun. The audiences are the most fun. Like, they react mm-hmm. the best, I think, out of all the audiences I've ever seen. And it's not like that's a small Right, sample. right. We,
2: we get these these large audiences that, you know, rival shows in traditional comedy setups. But we we never had any of the roadblocks put in front of us that a traditional comedy club would put up, you know, we've been very lucky to have Asa cups who was just like, Oh yeah, totally do whatever you want. Just they total creative controls up to you guys. Um, you know, we were very lucky in that the show kind of took off right away. Mm-hmm. So we never had to worry about, um, you know, not having enough people to justify there being another show. And I think it just does kind of prove that once you break out of the traditional comedy industry, you know, here's your opener, here's your, your feature, here's your headliner at the funny bone you can you really can do these things
1: though shout out to the traditional comedy club go bananas who has booked me this weekend as a feature <laughs>
2: so <laughs> i feel like
1: that clubs are getting there and i feel they like they're starting to they wake they are up. and i'm yeah. super i'm super excited it's my first time featuring at go bananas and you know it is exciting for that to happen and i don't think um I was booked because I was a woman, right? Yeah, I hope um, And you know what? Even if I am booked as a wo- because I was a woman once, which it was uh, this weekend, um, it doesn't make up for the thousand other times I wasn't booked because we already had a woman on this show, so we had enough diversity. So, like, it doesn't balance.
0: I love when the stand-up for choice shows are just all ladies. Actually, my favorite thing recently is that... Uh, uh, an Evening with the Berkeys Which is a local show uh, Their February show is a lineup of all ladies And I think that's just how it happened I don't think it was necessarily intentional on them, th- their part It's just That's just
1: how the cards were. My favorite is an all lady show that doesn't have to be Like it's lady face time <laughs> Whatever <laughs> the hell they call it I just want it to be a show And if it ha- see if it happens to be an all male lineup We don't have to like throw A, a penis parade um, And you know Nikki Winkleman does, does great shows On Tuesdays with Mac and Winks and she did a holla Dame show and it was all women, but then she did a holiday Dudes show, and it was great because she was like, Look at this crazy lineup, all men. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> We've never done this, and poked fun at herself for pointing out those gender lines. So we're hoping to have Nikki Winkle in on the show
2: soon, too. Yeah.
0: She's I mean, she's, she's gonna be 38 weeks pregnant. Yeah. She
2: she is on Stand Up for Choice. Yes. Um, she's gonna be 38th. 38 weeks pregnant, stumping for abortion. Oh my been been
1: fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think that that that's the exciting thing. That is what's happening in Columbus. But I've also seen it reflected in a lot of other uh, comedy communities in Indy and in Austin and in the other places I've been lucky enough to go. And there is this push not to push cis, straight, white men out to invite more diverse voices to the table to make a more robust experience for the audience because that's the end consumer and Mm -hmm. that's who everyone should be thinking about when they go on stage. Um, I think there's a lot of comedians that don't. I think that it's about them, but I think it's a real opportunity to say, what do I want the audience to leave with?
0: Yeah, I think it's really frustrating when people find uh, female comedians to not be funny. And its I think it's a lack of empathy on their part a lot of the times. So because It's like, oh, I don't relate to female experiences. Well, then you're just not listening. Or maybe you just lack empathy. You're
1: yeah, just like, not do you interested. not have like, a mom or a sister? I love do those. Do you not know any women? Yeah, I do love those when they're like, you know, with the whole Trump thing and grabbing him by the you know what, and, you know, all these senators were like, well, not, I mean, I can't look my daughter in the eyes anymore. Jason Chaffetz, I think, said that. And Could it's you like, before? Like, yeah, I don't and also, like, <laughs> can, it, do you need to have a daughter or a sister or a mother who, like, is a woman with a vagina to be, like... Wow, I'm just not on the same page with rape anymore as I was before now that I have a daughter. Like, no, just just be a human and don't worry about how many women you know. Like well, I, mean, I know five women, so I'm against
2: five rapes. It, that kind of like,
0: probably goes back to like uh conservatives only care about them them and theirs
2: versus like communities as a whole. Right. It's it's the, the age old Republican thing. I mean Rob Portman, Rob Portman oh. just hated the gays until like, oops, surprise, gay kid. And then <laughs> he was like, Oh well, fuck, now I gotta be all about gays. <laughs> <Pat>. <laughs> well, oh, I did it. Oh, well, well, here's the,
1: here's the deal about that, which I love, is that then the gays were like, yay, Portman. And it's like, no, nah, he's still terrible. Like, we, I mean, we compartmentalize a lot of times. And I think a lot of communities do. And what we have to remember is that um, even if he's moving forward on something like, you know... Making Two steps forward, three steps back. Ma- but making, like, the tiniest jazz square, just little baby step, okay, forward, you don't get any points for that for me because you're still hurting so many people within my community.
0: Was it before or after 2014, 2015, that... Portman decided to not be terrible about gay rights.
2: I don't know, but he's still like anti-healthcare, which yeah. means that he's against, you know, like the still entire gay community yeah. because there's still this whole like AIDS crisis thing. Mm-hmm. So like if you're against healthcare, you can't ever 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 call yourself pro-LGBTQ. No. In I mean, any you capacity. You can't
0: call yourself like pro, just like pro-human if you're
1: anti-healthcare. Just like right. just start there.
2: Uh <laughs> I'm just making a face cuz
1: I'm sad. I was turned on the news this morning and I was just like listening to NPR and then I was just screaming things in the shower and I was like that is, I I need a break. Like I need to turn on some some yeah. music or something. So I apologize if you, anyone listening is really like needs a minute, go back to the Tide Pod part of this and re-listen. And then you can jump back into the horrors that are country and state yeah. right now. N- yeah. Nate should,
0: and I. We should, should we just start doing that on our podcast. We should like, here's the weird garbage thing that's happening. You
1: should do weird garbage <laughs> thing. I think that's a really healthy thing. like self-care <laughs> moment of yeah. like, you know that's what I mean? Idea. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Nate and I have started watching uh, The National which is like the nightly Canadian news. Instead. Okay. It's not the sad band. Okay. No, it's, it's not the sad band, <laughs> which might be named after the huh. Canadian news thing. It's, it's their like nightly news hour every night. And it's fantastic because they cover American stuff with this kind of like weird side eye, um, not like <laughs> aggressive it. side eye cause they're Canadians and they're very polite. Um, but then they also cover just, like, all these wonderful things that are happening in Canada. Oh. And I can, I'm just, I can just sit there and think, you know, that's only 300 miles away.
0: I thought about it. It's about just
2: a it, short yeah. drive and a bit of a swim, you and to I'm there. You should move You're to You're a Toronto's great swimmer, district. too. It's
1: great. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a really, I mean, it is really important to obviously diversify your portfolio and also take care of yourself. Uh, but I also think it can be really difficult when you get bogged down to not take action and i know that uh, you know your organization kelly does so much work and works so hard on digestible moments of investment and engagement and i really value that so even if it's a volunteer night or i know you're trying to take get those craft nights going girl you get it craft nights <laughs> i'm doing the best I can. <laughs> craft
0: what's the cat's name Crafternoon. oh chunky the craft cat chunky
1: the craft cat yeah <laughs> um, you know i think that is so excellent because i think sometimes it can be really overwhelming and you oh, know yeah. thoughts about like testifying or you know making these big grand gestures. Sometimes you can just come and do a phone bank for a night and that can really... I make my phone banks fun, I promise. It can make, it could do a lot and then you you feel fulfilled but you also don't feel drained because you also have to take care of yourself and there's a lot going on in this world right now. Definitely. Um, I forgot what I was going to go for next. Chunky the craft cat.
0: He is a great cat.
1: He's so
0: old and so chunky. What is his favorite craft? <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to ask Calavera. Does he eat popsicle sticks? No, but there is... <laughs> There is a there is a locker there that is filled with catnip toys and it's not allowed to be open because Chunky gets into them.
2: Get it, Chunky? Feel you, <laughs> feel you, girl. Is, is this is this Wooly Craft?
0: Holy Craft! Holy,
2: Holy Craft! Wooly Craft
1: is my drag name. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh my god!
2: I'm yeah. I'm I'm not. A, I try. I'm not up on crafting. I, you can learn a thing. Maybe that's your New Year's goal. I could try. Yeah. I could try. Um, I'm wearing bootcut jeans right now I don't know if I could I probably can't glue anything to anything (laughs) The
0: jeans I'm wearing are ugly But they are fleece lined So I don't care (laughs) Um, This coming Tuesday We are probably going to see the return of SB 145 Which is the method ban That would ban the most common procedure In second trimester abortions Um, Yeah Uh, There was a hearing for that Earlier this week, I think. Or maybe, I don't know. I'm mixing up my bills because there's just so
1: many. I guess I, what, what I don't really understand is um, how anyone can believe the justification for these bills. And you know a little bit more about our opponents and what they are really going for in the justification. What are they saying? Because I, I don't even understand from a constitutional perspective how this is illegal. Um, well, it's already been blocked in Indiana, so it's not. Okay, great. Yeah, see?
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, so there was proponent testimony early this week. Um, and there's going to be opponent testimony next Tuesday. So that's going to be us and our supporters and people who are against the bill. Um, what they're saying is ridiculous.
1: Uh, obviously obviously, that is the caveat. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I just want to know the ridiculousness. We're we're not
2: going to be convinced by it. Well, so
1: the director of Ohio
0: right to life, what are the suggestions she had? Um, I guess like what she was like wanting as a solution is perinatal hospice. Um, so if you elect not to terminate in the second trimester, this is something that you or like elect not to terminate at all and you have like a fatal flaw with the like the the pregnancy so like it's not gonna survive. you can opt not to terminate and go to perinatal hospice, which is just basically kind of like um, preparing for like what's gonna happen um, like the the sad outcome um, basically going through the rest of your pregnancy and then like having like labor and then saying goodbye
2: um, does oh. she realize how dangerous that
0: is i mean it, it's certainly dangerous for some people and some people do elect to go for perinatal
1: hospice but what i don't understand is the people who don't want this like right you should never force someone to go through something that traumatic emotional i cannot imagine dangerous. being
0: like 15 16 weeks pregnant finding out this thing's gonna die before i get birth and then still having to carry the pregnancy to term that's that's
1: it's uh, I, That, to me... It's cruel. ...is a unique type it's, of torture. It's, yeah. It's,
2: it's, it's absolutely torture. So...
1: I don't even... Under- so
0: that's one of the humane <sighs> options that Ohio <sighs> Right to Life is offering instead of a second trimester procedure. What, yeah.
1: gener- what a generous organizational option. Yeah.
0: The other mm-hmm. option for a second trimester procedure is to induce labor, which you have to do in a hospital, uh, and takes a lot longer than like the seven to 15 minutes that a second trimester procedure normally takes. So let's go through like you know trauma, like the trauma of labor, which pain. I don't recommend. Yeah, I just, don't let's, recommend. <laughs> let's just put
2: people in pain that they don't need to be in. Like I was mostly <laughs> just bored to be honest. I just, I mean, the, the any
1: and anyone who's had to go through any sort of gynecological medical procedure understands the absolute nightmare it is it's a nightmare it is a nightmare it is in so many ways I've you know I want all of these legislators to have to go to an OBGYN's office and strap into those stupid stirrups stirrups and just sit there for 10 minutes and lay there on the paper and process what's about to happen and just sit there and be anxious and a mess and then add on top of it any other things that are going on in your life like it is just it's not, it's terrible how could you possibly want to make anything more painful for someone like that
0: yeah labor is just mostly
1: leaking fluid gross yeah gross <laughs> we use the word you're crushing it with the words today fluid gusher, gusher. uh <laughs> Oh, oh. I feel like it's like I'm a golden retriever with too much peanut butter in his mouth. Whenever you say those words, I'm like, I can't. Whenever
0: whenever Gabe makes me test the mic, I usually just make banana sounds. I'm just...
1: You're welcome, Gabe. You're very good at banana sounds. (laughs) That is, again, unique hidden talents of Kelly I'm learning so much about. That and she procreates like a boss. Her baby's perfect.
0: (laughs) Good, because I don't know if I'll have another one ever. <laughs> that's totally fine. <laughs> and that's your f-
1: right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as that's it turns your,
0: out.
1: That's your darn right. Yes. So,
0: yeah, the Handmaid's Tale Bill. Well, I guess that's what we're going to call it. The Handmaid's <laughs> Tale Bill, SB 145, the method ban. will be back in uh, the, the in the house on Tuesday for opponent testimony. Come hang out if you want to. It's really going to be real frustrating. Uh, maybe Pat will wear one of his... What, what letter did you have last time for Stop the Bands? bans N? We in? In. Yeah. Stop. yeah. Yeah. He was with us when we spelled out "Stop the bands and he was the only male.
1: I think it would be fun mm-hmm. if he like had to like bend down his tie his shoe and would just say "Stop the bars. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: for a minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would really like to just get like a whole alphabet of t-shirt and spell out a bunch of weird things. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd yeah. be, to just, just distract from the bigots, bots. You spell out bots. You spell um, out BS. As it turns out. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything you got coming up?
1: Um, as far as things I, I have coming up, I'll be at Woolly Craft. Um, <laughs> That'll be on the twenty fourth, right? Twenty fifth. <laughs> yes, I'll be uh, I'll be there on the twenty fourth. Yeah, I'll um, be in Cincinnati. I'm real sad about that's it. That's okay, but if you're in Cincinnati this weekend and you want to come to Go Bananas, I'll be featuring an opening for John Hanley. Um, but then the 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 real thing I want to plug the the queer agenda that's keeping going is at Four String Brewing in Grandview on Monday, February fifth. I'll be headlining a benefit for Equality Ohio. Uh, and Equality Ohio is an organization. It's the only statewide LGBTQ organization in the state of Ohio, and it does incredible work doing intersectional work with uh, queer folks, uh, gender nonconforming, and trans folks, uh, trans folks of color. We're doing a really good job of interconnecting a lot of the marginalized communities. So please come out. One dollar um, from every Hilltop Logger. We'll be going to Equality Ohio and a bunch of other ways. We'll be raising money there. Um, so please, if you are free on a Monday and want to come drink with me, um, come out uh, and buy me a beer. Um, I do want to
0: highlight the show you're doing at Holy Craft. That is a project of Christine Horvath, who runs Babroer. Roar.com. Yeah, it's great. You want to tell more talk talk to us more about Babe Roar?
2: or Pat Pat tells more about Babe Roar. Uh So Christine just launched the website um, a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that. And it's a fantastic showcase of um, performers, uh, makers, creators who just are not. Sishet White Dudes, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's a really, really fantastic website. Uh, the store is super awesome, too, so check that out. Oh, they have um, the most
0: whimsical cards.
2: Oh, it's so good. So many whimsical Christine's cards. Christine's a
0: local comedian as well. She is. And she has been on Stand Up For Choice as well, I think? Yes, okay. yeah, she,
2: she's been on twice. Okay. Um, you know, Good friend of ours, fantastic, fantastic performer. Yes. Um, and yeah, so baberoar.com, they've also got a Facebook page. It's it's great, and it, it's got a lot of work from other Columbus comics, <laughs> and then kind of like Columbus idea leaders and creative types that you probably don't get a chance to to hear from. Yeah. And do you have anything coming up, Pat, other than stand-up for choice? I do. Stand-up for choice. Uh, what roast are you doing? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. I was like, wait, what I know do I have schedule. besides class? Um, <laughs> Law student life. Yeah, oh, God, working B- full-time B- and then going to school at night has turned me into just... A garbage person.
0: I'm Pat Deering and I'm going to take a break from performing. Liar!
2: <laughs> so, uh, Tuesday, February the 6th, we have the Roast of the Disney Sidekicks in which I am playing Zazu. You know from when oh. I first saw oh. Lion King. So When I first <laughs> saw
1: that, I was like, he'll be a good LeFou, but you would also be a good Zazu. But I feel like you were me. destined to be a Disney sidekick, man. <laughs> the <That> only <laughs> great, like, they're just like maybe Smee, who knows?
2: The only, the only gay yeah, African right. hornbill and Major Duomo to lions, who's Zazu. Wait, who's
0: Zazu in the movie? Like the voice actor? I have no idea. Okay. Who, yeah. Why aren't you Timon or Pumbaa? I feel like you're a good Nathan Lane character. Because Timon is. Is it because Nathan- he's gay? Oh, it's, yeah.
1: <laughs> no. Is that, a, is that why, Kelly? Is it because he's a gay? <laughs> Yes. No,
2: No, but okay. I just thought he
0: might be a good Timon. He and Nathan Lane seem like they might be friends.
2: (laughs) That would Um, be something to try. Just like doing both of them, maybe Timon and Pumbaa. (laughs) Um, But then uh, the week after that um, is like the Tuesday closest to Valentine's Day, the thirteenth, which is uh, the My Better Half show at. Um, Backstage Bistro okay, Um, And it's where local comics Have to turn the mic over to their significant other Who then does that comic set So uh, Nate will have to do Five minutes of my material And I cannot wait That is awesome I've always thought it'd be fun for me and Alex to do those shows But whatever Uh, Mostly because I want to hear him talk about my
1: uterus I think that'd be great Yeah right. yeah I don't I should just find A random person on the street To tell my jokes I think that's what I'm gonna do next time
2: Yeah you could, We could always just do A comedy karaoke show sometime I just I really want Nate To have to do All of my angry jokes About scruff <laughs>
0: <laughs> What is scruff Pat?
2: Scruff It's like grinder, Except I, you have to like Have facial hair To be on it or something
0: Oh okay <laughs> I there. have facial hair So i totally beyond scruff Yeah Um With regards to What's coming up for NARAL February 5th f- fifth no february 4th we have our next crafternoon craft it will be at the NAREL office it will not be at holy craft but we will be back at holy craft in march february 12th we have um the next columbus phone bank so come out and call people in toledo february 20th we have stand up for choice um next week thursday i have a phone bank for which will be in cincinnati monday there's a docu teach in at no, wait, yes. No, that's what it is. Yeah, at um, in pla- for Planned Parenthood, where I will be tabling. Saturdays, all of the women's marches, I'll be speaking in Dayton, we'll be tabling in Columbus. Um, I don't have my calendar up, but anything else that I have not covered will be in the show notes. Gabe, you're in charge of that. Um, so thanks for tuning in this weekend. Thanks, you guys, for being here.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you
0: so much. Yeah, bye.